listen to this man, he got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Bringing you our 510th episode. And uh, I welcome everyone. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude and wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday through the season. And may you be grateful that we're in the greatest country of the world. But today I'm going to go down a little bit of a different rabbit hole. The uh, title today was The Longevity Trifecta, Connecting uh, Body, Mind, and Spirit, and How That Affects Our Longevity. But what if we live long and uh, don't have the right spirit? So let's just uh, go down that rabbit hole for a bit because... uh, Things have uh, are changing so rapidly. There's a lot of darkness out there. I'm sorry to say, a lot of it in medicine. Just for instance, uh, millennial women are facing the first decline in well-being since the Silent Generation report. So, what is happening now? If I can just pull this up, is that uh, women's health is decreasing. Affordable quality health care is a is a problem in rural communities. Doctors in rural communities often just go there to pay off their debt and then move on to, to another job or pays more money. Hard to, it's hard to build relationships with doctors anymore. They're always cycling in and out. So that, and that, that was a whole article. Exposing COVID-19 crimes. We'll get into that by Dr. Martin. All the foods that are sprayed with glyphosate, decreasing our longevity, increasing our cancer and and, uh, other inflammatory risks. Natural treatments being called conspiracy theories. Americans will spend half of their lives taking prescription drugs. Wow. An American born in 2019 will spend a large share of their lifetime taking prescription drugs. Does that get your attention? American males spend 48% of their lives taking drugs, prescription drugs. If you're a woman, if you're a female, the number jumps to 60%. The majority of men are taking prescription drugs by age 40. Women start around age 15. So newborns, both men and women can expect to take drugs for most of their lives. 
and some of the participants of the study think these are low ball figures. So we got to get out of this pill for an ill and be the CEO of your own body and take control of your health care, as I've been telling you for years. The paradigm of feel some discomfort, go to a doctor, get a diagnosis, get some prescription drugs, and I'll be better. You know, repeat, 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 repeat. Listen to television. Try some of those drugs. And there's you there's a, a, a television ad that for every viewer, and they make up medical conditions. You might have this, you might have that, you may have moderate to severe. And the list of adverse effects is no deterrent. One eye may fall out, you know, your butt may fall off. No problem. And it's a lot of people don't realize these are not charity functions, these, these ads. That's companies doing business, getting you to buy. The only reason they read the adverse drug effects is because there's a law that says they have to. So now truer than ever we must take control of our own, own lives and our own health the medical profession was once re, re, very revered wasn't it it was revered because the, the medical professionals were dedicated to healing and compassion There's stories of rampant corruption, moral failings, and an insatiable love for money cast a dark cloud over an institution entrusted with our lives and our well-being. Mutilating our children. Irreversible surgeries in children. giving injections that destroy sperm, induce abortions in women, decrease AIDS in their ovaries. Doctors that give these shots know better, in my opinion, most of the time, but because they're employed and they need the money, they give the shots anyway. Pediatricians are actually paid a bounty for every shot they give a baby. And if 60 some percent of their practice is shot up with vaccines, they get like a three, $400,000 bonus. Tell me there's no incentive to give the babies vaccines. There's been a noticeable decline in spirituality in the medical field. A profession drifting away from its purpose. And it's a systemic problem. Why? Because they have a relentless pursuit for profit. 
And you see BlackRock and other big organizations buying up, corporatizing and prioritizing financial gain over patient care. So we then get into a culture of overcharging, unnecessary procedures, and a disregard for ethical implications of decisions. I could do a whole podcast just on that. Moral erosion, the pressure to succeed and constant exposure to suffering can lead to a gradual desensitization to human pain and blurring ethical lines. How does that manifest itself? Well, from neglecting patients' needs to exploiting their vulnerabilities for personal gain. Average doctor today is under a lot of pressure from his, his or her employee, employer. And there's also been a decline in compassion the medical profession is demanding and couple that with a lack of emphasis on empathy and compassion in medical training leads to desensitization of human suffering. So you get a more cold, cold, you get a colder approach, a more clinical approach devoid of warmth, devoid of understanding that are essential in healing, that doctor-patient relationship. How many of you go to your doctor and all he does is have his head in his uh, laptop or tablet and or whatever's in the room, very little touching, very little caring. And there's an absence of spirituality. Traditionally, spirituality served as a moral compass, guiding medical professions toward ethical conduct and compassion. However, because medicine is getting secularized increasingly, it has led to a decline in spirituality, leaving many medical professionals without a strong moral framework to guide their decisions. So what, what, what are the questions that this, these negative forces have? Well, can we trust the medical system that prioritizes profit over patient care? What happens, ladies and gentlemen, when compassion is replaced by cold clinical efficiency? Can we truly heal without a sense of purpose and meaning that tr- transcends the pursuit of financial gain? I mean, these are questions that we have to address head on and talk about what the core values of the medical profession should be. Compassion, integrity, a dedication to patient well-being. So yes, the medical health care system has to be reformed. We have to rejuvenate medical education. Medical students have to be taught the the importance of empathy, compassion, and ethical decision-making. We have to rekindle a spirit of service within the medical profession. Reminding all healthcare providers that their calling is a noble one, 
And it is an immense privilege they have to have this calling. But with me, it's getting to a boiling point now. I can tell you all about methylene blue, glycine, methylation, vitamin B12. But you know, what good is it? If we live long without a soul. And God knows there's a lot of darkness out there in every field. How do you change it? You start with yourself. I want to recommend if you use YouTube, you check out a channel called Tip of the Spear. Dr. Doctor, sorry about that. Pastor Anthony Thomas. Okay, he's a, a pastor of over 20 years. He's a Marine and he is he has two master's degrees. I would just check out that channel. See how you feel if you after you listen to one of his preachings or teachings. I do want to have him on the program to bring a biblical perspective to medicine. It used to be that way, but it isn't anymore. So we want to be talking in the future about interventions that combine spiritual practices, along with dietary changes, probiotic supplementation, keeping your gut healthy, having a superior, superior interior. To have this synergy of life, spirituality, and so forth, right? Has to be part of the equation. I could talk to you all until I'm blue in the face about the gut microbiome, but if you have a bad attitude and you're always depressed and you have no sense of purpose, it won't do you any good. We need to embrace and talk about our mental well-being. How can we reduce stress, anxiety, depression? What are different ways of improving our physical health? Keeping our immune system strong. They're all connected. We have to talk about social connections, a sense of belonging, a sense of being in a community. We want to help people that think they are socially isolated and lonely. So I'm sorry if I'm going on a bit of a rant, but I'm really serious about this. I think I have a calling to talk about it. And uh, I hope uh, you continue to stay on because we're going to go down this path. We're going to talk about all the biohacks that I have in store for you. And I'm going to give you facts like, like this one, like I've been telling you. And I've said before, I'll say it again, the majority of foods that comprise the U, typical U.S. diet are loaded with J-U-N-K junk. What am I talking about? Refined sugars, carbohydrates, and even chemical-laden preservatives. 80,000 of them in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. And our food supply is not getting any better.
me just tell you that a 2019 study published by the journal Nutrients found a whopping 71% of the U.S. food supply is considered ultra-processed. You remember, if you've been listening, ultra-processed food is connected with inflammation. The cause of most chronic diseases. Ultra-processed foods typically have five or more ingredients and include a lot of additives and a lot of ingredients that you would not use if you were cooking at home. Preservatives, emulsifiers, sweeteners, artificial colors, artificial flavors. Did you ever, did you ever read an ingredient list? You should, have, you should just try and keep a, a running tab of how many things on that list you cannot even pronounce. So now we have to rely on the CNN, whatever that thing is, linking eating a greater amount of ultra-processed food to a higher risk of developing cancers, specifically cancers of the upper GI tract, mouth, throat, and esophagus to be specific. That study that was reported on that channel I just said found that people who consume 10% more ultra-processed foods than others in the study had a 23% higher risk of head and neck cancer, a 24% higher risk of esophageal adenocarcinoma. Now, think about it. We have 70% of our food here in the good old U.S. deemed ultra-processed. You think that will lead to doctor's visits? with symptoms that require a drug, which will just cover over the symptoms because the doctor won't have enough time to talk to you about your diet. And you see how that's a peed and repeat situation? Would it be easier not to eat the stuff? While we're on diet, let me just talk to you a little bit about glyphosate. It's poisoning every one of us. We have, on average, today, 1,300% more glyphosate in our urines than they did 20 years ago. You say, well, I eat organic. Well, glyphosate, which is Roundup, is sprayed on some of the most widely consumed foods you can think of. I'm going to give you a few on the list. Almonds, avocados, asparagus, broccoli, eggs, lemons, milk, oats, beans. Well, I'll give you a few more. Watermelon, squash, soy, figs, kiwa, sweet potatoes. That's just some of hundreds of food that contain low levels of glyphosate. What do you think that's going to do to your liver? Well, the FDA finally is monitoring it. They only allow low levels of glyphosate to be present in most crops and animal products, but like radiation, radiation, 
like one chest x-ray after another, one CAT scan after another, they are additive and build up in your body. May affect your liver. Cause inflammation. Deplete your body of minerals that you really need. This is why you have to take control of your of your body, ladies and gentlemen. Really important. And look, while we're on this, where did we jump around today, huh? EWG.org. I've been talking about them for years. They put out uh, their Dirty Dozen. And that's the fruits and vegetables that are most heavily sprayed with pesticides and other other uh, chemicals you know what's still number one on the list strawberries it was I'll give you I'll, I'll give you the dirty dozen in order from one to twelve strawberries spinach kale collard and mustard greens peaches pears nectarines apples grapes grapes number eight nine bell and hot peppers 10 cherries 11 blueberries and 12 green beans you know some of these you can't even wash off because it gets into the interior of the fruit or vegetable that's not saying you shouldn't wash them with colloidal silver or some baking soda but that's the dirty dozen you can get your own list on ewg.org and there's a clean 15 and we have a few minutes so let's just go through one through 15. number one clean avocados sweet corn pineapple onions five is papaya sweet peas asparagus eight is honeydew melon kiwi cabbage mushrooms 12 is mangoes sweet potatoes watermelon and carrots round out the sweet 15 available on ewg.org so we talk about longevity huh we talk about the spirituality of it which we should be talking about because that was also important when they did the blue zone study. All but five of the 263 centenarians, remember that's someone that is 100 years or older, that was interviewed for the blue zone belonged to a faith-based community. And research is showing that attending faith based services just four times a month will add four to 14 years of life expectancy. And the denomination doesn't seem to matter. That was in quotes. People who pay attention to their spiritual side have lower rates of cardiovascular disease, depression, stress, suicide, and their immune system works better. Of course, uh, our current know-it-all scientists don't even think that natural immunity amounts to anything and when we have a guys like tony fauci to say he he is science well you know is he's he's just uh thinking he's bigger than god so you know he's going down 
Adherence to a religion allows the centenarians to relinquish the stresses of everyday life to a higher power. We could have stepped out of that pandemic and did it permanently by taking a different approach to how we treat our bodies. Our immune system is really critical. You know, there's a study out that I found, 2015 out of Harvard, that found that honest people have stronger antiviral immunity and, and uh, dishonesty resulted in negative health outcomes. Well, basically what it said was honest people survived and had more positive outcomes than a virus rather, uh, versus dishonest people. Even the JAMA published a study in 2022 highlighting the importance of having spirituality for your overall health and serious illnesses. And, and I've been guilty of it on this podcast for failing to address the spiritual act, uh, side of health. We need to recognize spirituality as a fundamental aspect of, of care. So one study said this, the study indicates that spirituality should be a crucial component to a future person-centered care, promoting discussions and progress on how to integrate the spirituality into value-sensitive healthcare practices. We got to include it. That's why I'm bringing it to your attention today. And one more thing, if you just want to know, I mean, this is not only me saying it, there's a study out of, you know, where people live long. You know, uh, in Japan, longevity is about three and a half times more than any place in the world. You know, we're dropping. I've been telling you that. You know, life expectancy for men is down to 73.2 years and for women, 79.1 year. We're doing something wrong. Our paradigm's not working. Our pill for an ill, repeat, repeat, and repeat is not working. And there's definitely a microbiome reason why people in Japan live long. And we'll get into that. But it is it, the gut bacteria matter. Just like size matters, the longer your telomeres, the longer you live, gut bacteria matter. And I've done podcasts on inflammation aging because inflammation is a cause of aging. It causes the body to speed up its aging. So we need a healthy environment in our souls and a healthy digestive environment, have more fiber, and we'll talk about a longevity-friendly diet. So this is Dr. Ron. Introducing a little a, a different aspect to uh, this podcast. Introducing and and talking about the importance of spirituality, taking control of your own health.
take time away from the TV, which is all dark and darkness. When you have darkness, there's no light. And you know who likes to live in the darkness? God is the light. We have to think about it. We have to talk about it. We have to be aware of it. That there are, there's evil out there. Recognize it. Deal with it. It'll be good for your health. It'll be good for your children and grandchildren. So I wish you a great day. Thank you for listening. Don't forget Tip of the Spear YouTube channel. Tip of the Spear YouTube channel. That's Pastor Anthony Thomas. If you want the latest on my podcast, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, just download the Podbean app, P-O-D-B-E-A-N app, and um, just follow my podcast, and you'll see uh, when I'm when I am podcasting, and you'll see when I do live casts, and you have the ability to ask questions and and uh, call into the station from your cell phone. From the app. So let's let's work together this next year, uh, and I don't mind being challenged, and to see where we go to have a a more fulfilling, longer life. So our health span and our lifespan seem to march along together. And we'll talk about the interplay between spirituality and longevity. And it has to include the gut microbiome. So we can have a real good thriving existence. Thank you again. Freddie will take us home. Have a great week. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know What's bothering you When the doctor is In the house The doctor is In the house See you next week